Yo, 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 what's good, everyone? Welcome to the Fantasy Brother podcast with me, the Fantasy Brother, aka Rory. On this podcast, we talk about NFL fantasy football, and sometimes we might touch on some current events that's trending. But what's trending right now is week one NFL football. That's what's trending right now. We had our first full slate of games and you know it lived up to the hype that is why the nfl is such a big business especially in the united states i think the league i think what they make i forgot how many billions they make it grows um each year but very popular and that's why because that's you know um must watch tv if you like suspense you like action drama heartbreak everything injuries <laughs> all type of stuff the nfl is um is cool and week one showed us why it is the ratings king too bad the nfl owners they don't really you know take care of the players you know as um as well as they should especially compared to other leagues like mlb and nba those guys get paid nfl these guys sign a contract what they get at the signing, the signing bonus and what's guaranteed, they call guaranteed money. That's what is owed to them. Outside of the guaranteed money, the owners can cut them at any time with no other repercussion, which is messed up. Baseball, you can't do that. You sign a contract, you get the full value of the contract unless they find some legal way to void the contract. So in baseball, if you sign a 10-year, $300 million deal, how much are you getting? Three hundred million, minus agent fee and all that. But the point is, you're gonna get all of the money. NFL is not that way. So, yeah, <laughs> kind of did a little mini rhyme. But that's one thing that, you know, even though I watch NFL and I'm a fan of NFL, I never liked the business side of it. Never respected that part of it, because I just think that NFL owners, they don't show enough love to the players yes they love them you know because they you know cash cow um or maybe they genuinely love them i'm not saying that they don't genuinely love them over time <laughs> that's not my point my point is those guys could be paid a lot more based on how much money the nfl pulls in i know they make more money than baseball maybe not nba but still Take care of the players, because the players are definitely taking care of you. All right, so yeah, that's my rant on <laughs> NFL owners not paying the players enough. So I think the big news that came out of week one, obviously, was the injury to Raheem Mustard. And um, initially, it was... It was the timeline they gave us initially was eight weeks, but since then it has been downgraded to season-ending surgery, and um, that's unfortunate because you know Mustard is a big play guy. We think about Raheem Mustard, you just see you know long explosive runs, so he'll be missed. But obviously in NFL football, especially, there's always another guy that's waiting in the wings, and this guy this time is Elijah Mitchell. So today's Wednesday, so obviously um, 
a lot of guys' um, waivers already ran. And, you know, some people bid what they bid or they're going to burn what they burn and they try to get Mitchell. But obviously, everybody can't get him. You know, 10 team, 12 team, 14, whatever, how many teams in the league, it doesn't matter. Only one team can get Elijah Mitchell, you know. So since it was such a big waiver claim, I decided to dig a little bit deeper and just watch some of his preseason tape, watch all of his plays from um, week one, and even back to some of his college tape. And what I saw when I watched, you know, what he can do or what he did, you know, I was very impressed. And I can see why Shanahan entrusted him with carrying the ball. Because in college, man, he, he, I mean, he wasn't like a top, you know, uh, as far as um, elite school like Alabama or what that, but he was a, he was a good, good, he was a solid player. So on Sunday, he had 19 carries for 104 yards with a touchdown. So that comes out to an average of 5.4 yards per carry. All right. I believe the NFL average is somewhere around four. So he had a really, you know, productive day. And of course, we know the Lions, or some people call them the Hello Kitty <laughs> instead of Lions, because they have no roar, no bite. But um, yeah, it's the Lions, but still, you know. So over his college career, he played four years in college at Louisiana. His career averages. Wait for it, 6.2 yards per carry over four years. So what that tells me is that him averaging five yards um, plus per carry in his first start, that's the norm for him. That's what he does. So I believe that the Kyle Shanahan scheme matches or fits perfectly with his skill set. His own blocking scheme where, you know, you basically just um, find, pick a hole or find a crease, you know, make a one cut, accelerate through the hole. I see a lot of big plays coming for this guy, um, especially in this offense. I think it's a really good fit. Now, obviously, <clears throat> the elephant in the room, Trey Sermon, the rookie, third-round pick, Ohio State, he's going to play. He's a beast. I mean, he was in college anyway, but last week, obviously, or if you didn't know, he was a healthy scratch. And a healthy scratch means that the coach determined that you're not valuable enough to add to the active roster for the Sunday, for the day, for game day. The coach figured I'd rather have, you know, some backup offensive tackle, some backup, you know, punter or whatever, instead of this guy. So the coach is not really impressed with Trey Sermon as of right now. That doesn't mean it cannot change. All right? Trey Sermon has good pedigree. He's still a prospect because he hasn't proven himself in the NFL yet, but he's a high-level prospect, meaning the odds are, you know, with him, he's more likely than less likely to succeed in the NFL, in my opinion, anyway. So Trey Sermon is there. That's fine. Now, Trey Sermon, he runs a little bit, you know, kind of upright, you know, 
he runs kind of straight <laughs> to me. But he's still, you know, productive. I think in college he had a one game he ran for like three hundred plus yards. Like that is that's really insane. Three hundred yards rushing in one game. I know it's college, but still that's that's a lot of rushing yards. So he has a pedigree. But I believe in what I'm seeing from Elijah Mitchell. You know, in one league where I do where we have the fab, I bid 50. I didn't get him. The winning bid was like 62. So I was, you know, disappointed. <laughs> you know, if I, you know, <clears throat> obviously after a bid, you, you can't tell what the other person is going to bid until afterwards. But when I saw that I was outbid, I was like, oh, not happy about that. But the reason I mentioned that, I'm talking about Elijah Mitchell because I want to say this. Even if you did not get him in waivers last night, the journey doesn't stop there because you can try to trade for this player. And to me, even though Trey Sermon is looming, Jermichael Haste is looming, Jeff Wilson is supposed to come back at some point, I understand there's a lot of unknowns, so it's risky. And I'm not telling you to go and trade you know, your first-round pick or, you know, I'm not saying trade Tyreek Hill to get Elijah Mitchell or trading Devonta Adams to get, no. You can trade for Devonta Adams, but I wouldn't trade him, you know. I'm just saying, don't go crazy. But before he plays another game, because, you know, we're all speculating here, but let's say he plays again week two and he just absolutely just goes off. Then, obviously, his price is going to increase and it might even increase to a level where it's too much. Because if he goes next week and has like 150 yards rushing three touchdowns, then you can't try to buy him then because you're going to be paying an arm and a leg. So you could try to not lowball because I don't, I don't mess it lowball. If you're going to send an offer, send an offer. But on the more moderate side, you know, maybe somebody who had a – Solid week. Maybe we can try to package somebody like Emmanuel Sanders, who had a good week, looked good. You know, Mark Ingram, package Ingram, somebody like that, and put them together and see <clears throat> if you can tempt somebody to um to give up Mitchell, because I think he's gonna you know really show that you know what he can do. And even though he was drafted in the sixth round, doesn't matter. Of course, you know what I'm going to use as a comparison. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round, so what? <laughs> you know, anything is possible. So, in a nutshell, I think Mitchell is going to be really good, regardless of, you know, this table of running backs they have, regardless of the competition that he has. I think he's going to stand out. So, if you didn't get him last night, I'm saying you could even pause it. The, Pause the um, episode right now, or you don't have to pause it. You can keep on listening, but take out your phone and start seeing what kind of trade offer you can create that might entice the Elijah Mitchell owner. And if it doesn't work out the way that we think, if Trey Sermon usurps him and become the top dog, no problem. You didn't give up the farm. But if you... If he does turn out to be a beast, then you get something 
um, high value for a good price. And that's a part of um, a winning strategy for fantasy football. So that's the Elijah Mitchell scenario. Now, I want to talk about some players that um, I'm looking to acquire this week, meaning before Sunday. All right. So obviously it's early in the season. We only had one week, but that doesn't mean we cannot try to improve our teams. So one thing that I like to do early in the season is if some stud players or elite players had a really bad week one or even if it's week two or whatever, I will try to set up an offer for that player. Because my strategy, the more elite players I can acquire, I believe I increase my chances of a championship. I mean, elite players, you know, obviously they don't always produce elite numbers. Top, top players have really bad days. I get that. But I just like the comfort, you know. I like the feeling of having the big dogs. Because a big dog, a top dog, he can have three or four bad weeks. But then he say, you know what? I'm ready to be king again. And he have seven, eight straight top, top weeks. And just win a championship. Kind of like Devonta Adams did last year. Championship. Just Devonta Adams by himself. Championship. And speaking of Devante Adams, he had a so-so um, week one. I think he had like five catches, 50-something yards. They play the Saints. That's not what we expect from Devante Adams. Now, trying to acquire him in week two, I mean, obviously, that's not going to be an easy task because the draft is still fresh. It's only one week, so the the owner might not, he's probably not panicking. So you're going to have to send a solid player. You're going to have to send a, a really good player. So maybe like a really good uh, running back, solid receiver, and just see. Just to see. Just testing the waters. All right. Look and see if Devante owners thinking about it I know that um, Ezekiel Elliott had an average week one and some people might say you can buy low on Elliott but I'm not gonna buy low on Elliott all right I mean Elliott is great he's great he's great but I've really owned him that much so you know he's not one of the people that I really like you know, like to have on my team. I mean, he's a great player. But if I'm going to buy low on Zeke, it's probably not even buy low. He's probably going to still pay a lot. And I probably don't want to pay that price. All right? So go try. See what's up with Devonta Adams. Zeke Elliott, up to you. You decide. I'm not really going to do it. I mean, maybe I'm still bitter but last year <laughs> i think i had him on one team last year he killed me a lot of weeks so i haven't recovered from that so 
I'm still just a little careful when you hear Ezekiel Elliott. I think I actually traded for him too in last year. And it seemed like after I traded for him, he just he got worse. <laughs> I think he heard that Rory just um traded for him. So he's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, that Monday? No. <laughs> no. So I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan. I know he's elite, but not one of my brothers, is me? No. Will Fuller was suspended week one um, for whatever reason. <laughs> PED, or, I, I can't even remember. But one game suspension, so he's playing from week two on. He's, you know, decent, um, high percentage already owned. So you can't just pick him up. Of course, if you're in a league that um, is not too competitive, not too hype, he might be available. That's somebody I would try to bring in only because of the high potential, the upside for big plays. When you think about Will Fuller, your mind's eye right away, you're thinking like 50-yard touchdown, 60-yard touchdown, big plays. That's what he's known for. That's you know that's what he's been doing in the NFL whenever he's healthy. And we know that health is a concern for Will Fuller. But why not be optimistic? Why not be... Um, glass half full instead of half empty so will fuller was probably drafted you know late rounds 10 11 round somewhere around there maybe even later than that so maybe the owner you know is not valuing too highly right now you know what they say too out of sight out of mind so he didn't play week one so maybe uh you're not really thinking about him so maybe you can try to steal him away so once again, this is a player that I'm not going to give up the farm for, but you can try a creative, you know, fair price, fair to low price offer for Will Fuller and see if you can get the owner to come up off of him. Because um, Tua, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, <laughs> the Dolphins quarterback, I believe he's in a make or break year. Dolphins are a solid team. They're a good team. You know, let me upgrade them from solid. They're a good team. And the key to them, you know, be continuing to be a good team or even graduating to be a better team and possibly elite is the quarterback play, just like every other team. But eyes are really on tour this year. Because, you know, I think there was some trade talk about Miami trying to get Deshaun Watson. And who knows? He could still go to um, Miami. Miami could still try to trade for him, but it all depends on how Tua plays. Tua say he feel more comfortable this year. He understand um, what he needs to do more and all that stuff. And that is, you know, very common for a second-year player to say things like those. Last year, he was a rookie, so obviously he had to make the jump from college. And, you know, some people, they, they blow up right away. Some people take more time. So Tua is a guy that has pedigree, play Alabama. So we know he has the, the the quality in him. So this year, no, they draft the receiver. They bring in Will Fuller. Um, they have the running backs there, a couple of tight ends, Gesicki. And the defense is good. So, But as far as offense, they gave him some weapons. So now they're saying, look, Tua, here you go, buddy. Give you O-line, give you running back, give you receiver. Take us to the playoffs. So that's what it is for him this year. 
And, you know, I'm optimistic that he will rise to the challenge. And if he is going to rise to the challenge, Will Fuller can be a big part of that. So like I said, you're not going to make any kind of big, you know, heavy-duty offer for Will Fuller. Low to moderate, or moderate to low. Low price. Low price. Don't disrespect your potential trade partner. Don't piss him off. <laughs> You're saying some nonsense. They might like, man, this guy is just joking around. So don't piss him off. You can't even hit him up, you know? Hit him on the text or the group chat. Or just be like, yo, <laughs> what's good? You know what I mean? Just open up the lines. Because to me, trading is one of the, you know, the fun things, our favorite things I like to do with um, in the NFL fantasy football. So throughout the season, you're going to hear me talk about trading a lot because I believe that is one of the keys to winning championship. Obviously, managing your team, making good pickups, that is a crucial part as well. But I believe making good trade deals that improve your team in the long run sometimes because sometimes you know the benefit doesn't pay off right away but in the long run trading to me is um is very critical all right so try out will fuller and and see how that goes all right so those are the players for now i'll be looking to try to get um this week and as of course as we go deeper into the season I will be increasing my risk tolerance as far as trades, especially depending on my record as well. <laughs> you know, really, I would say the first three weeks, you kind of, you kind of can be in a holding pattern, in a watch and see kind of mode. Even if you start off 0-1, 0-2, I wouldn't rush to make any kind of major shakeup. Now 0-3. God forbid <laughs> any of us start off. Well, that time I might get a little bit worried. I might start thinking about making bigger trades. But the first three weeks, you don't have to overreact. You can just, you know, gather information, you know, and just kind of just see how things go. You know, Elijah Mitchell again, <laughs> we're going to move now because we feel like that can be something big. But otherwise, kind of just staying pat, you know, watching the, the, the wire, watching the, the transactions as a process, look and see who people drop in. I see people dropping people that I might, I might want to pick up, you know, so I might add them to my watch list. But really, you just want to gather information. It's still early, even if you lost the first game. Like, I lost a couple games this week. But I'm not panicking. It's early. But still, you want to be vigilant. You want to keep your eye on the transactions board. And you also want to try some, like I said, low-budget trade offers. Because buy low is the name of the game. And you can't always buy low, like, obviously. Sometimes you're buying low and the person who's selling doesn't even realize that you're buying low. And that's the best kind one. That's the best kind of trades too. You know, they that's basically what they call stealing. I don't steal things in real life, but I do like to steal trades. But anyway, like I said, 
we will be talking about trading a lot this season. All right. So, you know, we're going into week two. Keep an eye on the injuries update on Fridays. Every Friday, the team release the final injury designation for the team and for the players. So Friday, check the wire, check Twitter, and just making sure that the player that you have in your lineup is actually practicing, not hurt, or he doesn't have COVID. You have to keep an eye on that too. Just stay in tune with the news. All right? So good luck in week two. Let's see how this thing goes, and then we'll come back next week, and we'll see where we can improve on our quest to a championship. So until next time, thanks for listening. One.